Not that I remember. It it, it was a lot of journey. Your favorite, Josh. (laughs) A lot of journey. Your favorite. Oh, and by the way, so I'm glad that came up because now I have a reason to say it. (laughs) This idea, this notion of mine came up during a conversation at work like a week or two ago, and I had two of my coworkers validate my feelings. They, They agree with me. Which is? They effing hate Journey. <laughs> How could you hate Journey? What the hell, man? I mean... Because I, de- I didn't particularly like their music, and then everybody... It's like Dave Matthews fans can be like so polarizing. Like Some people are just indifferent to the music, and then everybody else about the music makes you freaking hate them. <laughs> Hold on, give me one second here. Let me see. He's going to send you Journey Don't... right now. No, no, no! I was just, I was just Are you checking Googling dates. Googling an empirical study on how much, to what degree they suck. <laughs> so it's it's safe to say, Josh, that you have stopped believing. <laughs> he was trying to get that in for like five minutes. <laughs> you and Journey have, you gone, have gone your gone separate, separate ways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the get... lights have gone down in your city. <laughs> Sorry, her, look up great, Journey's Greatest Hits. I need to go through all the track names and try to find something for Josh. <laughs> I told you, I, f- I forget. I think the other, was it the other, like a week or two ago, an episode or two ago, I think it was here, that something came up and I said, like, that would be one of my personal hells. <laughs> yeah. And I forget what the context was. This would be another one. <laughs> of Bry Guy and his Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Levick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Josh Zorch. Mr. Movie Slut here. And finally, Mike Bradley. Um, I mean, I guess I'm your friendly neighborhood Darth Pool, but I, I don't like that intro. I'm going to have to come up with something else. <laughs> Said with such disdain. <laughs> I'm not happy with it. Let's see, another, you got you get another week. I can't, I can't get this intro thing down. <laughs> it's not it's not new. Like you have time to figure these out. I don't know why it's a surprise every week. It's not a surprise. I knew what I was gonna say. I just I'm just depressed that it's not better. <laughs> well, you got some work to do for next time then. Yeah. Uh all right, so we're coming back for this episode to try to go over a little bit more news. Um pulling from some of the stuff I posted on Facebook, Twitter, if you've been following along. Uh, we're going to cover some Star Wars and DC stuff. Uh, before we get into the, those are bigger topics, a little bit meatier. Before we get into those, I wanted to do a couple quick hit type stories. Um, we talked last week on more Batman casting, and one of the deal, one of the actors we talked about that was we, I think, assumed that by that point we're pretty much confirmed. Uh, it is official now that Jeffrey Wright has joined the cast of the Batman. He will be Commissioner Gordon. And since we pretty much talked at length about that, I just figured I'd throw it out there that it's confirmed. 
Uh, you can hear our thoughts on that. I don't know if you guys want to add anything new now that this is official, or if we're pretty much set on this one. Yay, we didn't tell you about it without it turning out to be true. Yeah, for <laughs> once, yeah. Now that it's official, I'm officially excited. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, second one, and at the surprise of no one, Into the Spider-Verse officially has a sequel on the way, and we have a release date of April 8th, 2022. So, two and a half that's, years. Wow, that it's seems like a exciting. long time away. Yeah. Yeah, this is for all the people that are just, you know, they have to, to get the word out. Early marketing for the people that, or, even by the time April rolls around, they're probably going to forget this movie's happening until they see a trailer. Yeah, it, it just, it was one of those things where I was like, so excited to see, like, when you read the post, you're like, yes, the sequel's happening. Awesome. Good news. And then you get to the end, and you're like, 2022? And it's like, damn, that's a long time. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder what the, how how long production took on the first one, because from release of the first one to the sequel is almost three and a half years. Yeah, yeah I think they're, I mean, obviously the first one, I think, took a lot of development, because they were crafting a completely new way to animate that movie which i think there's yeah. a lot of testing and, and trial and error and getting all that stuff to work so i actually don't know of course i didn't actually try to look either but when how early that movie went into production but i'd say at least six seven years is my oh, wow. ballpark guess yeah and i also think that they weren't necessarily prepared for the incredible reception that movie got right i'm sure they were prepared for people to like it but the amount that it is universally loved by everybody who sees it. Like, I have not talked to anybody or seen anybody say bad things about that movie. It's all positive. Which immediately makes this sequel higher up as far as anticipation and expectation for anyone that has seen the first one. Right. Right. The, the thing about this movie that really, like, actually kind of uh, surprises me is I've talked to so many people who love comic books and love Spider-Man who have yet to see this movie. The really? first one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, see it. It's the best Spider-Man movie out there. And they're like, but it's animated. And I'm like, shut up. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, on those terms of, like, the best Spider-Man movie, I, I recently seen a post. I can't remember who put it out there originally but it was just a, like a pictures of every different person to play spider-man both animated and live action it was like who of these would you like to see show up in the next spider-verse film and i just simply replied yes just <laughs> just, just all of them that would be fine yes um, yes have some yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'd be extremely excited if they brought back uh, of course, I can't think of his name, but the guy that did the voice for Peter Parker and Spider-Man for the 90s animated series, mm. just hearing him in the movie would bring back such nostalgia for me. Well, what? You'd need him, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, NPH would be another and... good one, too. Yeah. When did yeah. he do it? Do you remember uh, after... Unlimited? Well, he did He did some of the video games, and then he did... Um, there was right after the first Raimi Spider-Man MTV had a computer animated Spider-Man series. He was the voice of Dude, Peter Parker Spider-Man. Remember that. Yep. Yeah. Lisa Loeb <laughs> was Mary Jane. What? Yeah. I mean that was okay, so right after the first Spider-Man, that was as I was about to start college. So, so it was two thousand three, 
ish, maybe two thousand two. I didn't have cable for like five years. Like I, I didn't know. have cable all through college. Honestly, so, Josh, yeah, I think I, I gotta dig through DVDs. At one point, I I bought at least the first season of that. I'll let you borrow it. Oh, Isn't wow. it gonna be on Disney Plus? I that's a good question. I don't know. It it I would think so, right? See, well, that's where it's weird is I don't know who owns that iteration of the show because that would have strictly been Sony. Oh, huh. Okay. Yeah, at that time, it would have been Sony, wouldn't it? But hmm. Like, we're getting the 90s animated, like, cartoon yeah, Spider-Man. That's why I was thinking that one might be there. I don't know if we're getting that specific iteration of the character on Disney+. Plus. Okay. I mean, I guess we'll find out in two weeks. It's not that far away. Yeah. If it's it's yeah. there, it's there. If not, then I'll let, <laughs> I can let you borrow the DVD. Well, I looked him up. It was an actor named Christopher Daniel Barnes. Who, okay. Uh, from the '90s animated series. Who? Oh, uh, he played Greg Brady in the That's '90s right. Brady Bunch movies. Yeah. Uh, and he was also Eric in the like 1989 Little Mermaid. Played Prince Eric. Hmm. Okay. Just some references there. But, all right. <laughs> cool. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's still the voice in my head. Like, if I'm reading a comic book, that's the voice I hear for Spider-Man. Wait, you have voices in your head? I mean, just like reading, a, like if I read a Batman comic, I'm hearing Kevin Conroy. <laughs> Say, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah, that's definite. Kevin Conroy is 100%. I'm not crazy, Andy. I'm, well, I mean, I might be. That's not that's beside the point, but it's, it's hopefully not a mental health issue. <laughs> I'm just messing. Uh, I'm going to digress for a moment and go back to the uh, Jeffrey Wright news. Um, I shared this uh, comment on, on the Facebook page when it was posted in that the specific article that I saw uh, about this news completely omitted mentioning J.K. Simmons and the existence of Justice League. They were just going like a short paragraph saying that like Jeffrey Wright will be, you know, the I think the sick they said the sixth actor to play him in live action and they went through the history from you know batman 66 oh no i think they actually went back to the to the 40s serials um so they remembered that they did the research on that and found that but literally the most recent iteration they completely skipped over like i think they stopped at gary oldman actually they might have mentioned whoever if there's someone playing him on gotham yes they did yes so they mentioned gotham they mentioned ben mckenzie okay so they but they completely ignored justice league so i don't know if that's just bad reporting and bad research and a bad writer or if it if justice league is literally that forgettable that they didn't even remember that character was in it or they know that it has a negative connotation to it and didn't want to mention it yeah possibly but i think it's more just forgettable like jk simmons is barely in that movie so even if you remember that movie that it happened I yeah. yeah. You really kind of do have to think if he's in there or not. I mean, that doesn't excuse, you know, journalism and doing your research, but yeah. Even still, J.K. Simmons right. is so, only one comic book character and only ever will be one comic book character to me. Granted. But yeah, I just I kind of I felt bad for like, oh, did we need to kick Justice League again? <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, you mentioned the uh the HBO Max rabbit hole. Um yeah. I followed a little bit of that on Twitter, and 
pretty much every single reply to all of their content on their Twitter post was uh, hashtag give us the release the Snyder um, cut. The Snyder cut, yeah. Mm. Like I went through like uh, probably like a thousand replies. Snyder cut. Snyder cut. Your your service is crap if you don't have the Snyder cut. Like what the fuck? I'm not paying for this if you don't have the fucking Snyder cut. You know, and I was like, wow, I kind of want to see the Snyder cut, and I've never even seen Justice League. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> if they, I, I would say, I, literally, I, I, and I mean this, if they, I might not keep it for long, only maybe a month or two, and we'll see, and maybe I'll like just kind of try to binge through some stuff real quick. If they put that on there, they would at least get a month or two subscription out of me, whereas it's very unlikely that I'll ever sign up specifically for that. If that's the only avenue they ever released it on, I, w- I would do it. That's some yeah, we might have to come back to that, because I do have a bigger topic in mind for the HBO Max stuff, so maybe we'll swing back around sure. oh, to okay. that. Sorry, didn't mean to bring no, it up. No, 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 it's fine. It's, it'll get you us a talking it. point for later. Yeah. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use J.K. Simmons to tie back in right to Spider-Man and say how awesome would it be if they could get him to voice Jameson for Spider-Verse 2. Since we didn't really meet Jameson in the first one, yeah. Do you think this will be, be the the movie? Because I know they talked about it po- as a possibility for the first Spider Verse. But do you think this will be the movie that unites Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland, everybody? I hope so. That would have, be amazing. Have you seen that kicked around as well? I mean, they that, that apparently would, that, they that had might be they, an idea of what they'll do. From what I read, they were trying to do that for the first one. They couldn't get schedules aligned, or they they decided to cut that scene that they were trying to do. What do you mean schedules? Um, it's voice acting. Yeah, I don't. I mean, not not that I don't believe you, but I, I I could see somebody making that kind of bullshit excuse. Yeah. So I I mean, I'm sure it's something that's in the back of their mind. I've read that. So I'm assuming if they tried to do it for the first one, they would try to do it for the second one, just you yeah, know, bigger and better. Um, I've seen a lot of random crap floating along too that that. They're trying to do a live action version of that, which I think is just bull. I think that's internet bullshit. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely more likely you could get iterations of them in voices for Spider Verse Two. I think at least a cameo. I can't see them being very big uh, parts of the movie, but even just a cameo, I think it'd be cool. Agreed. Um, I-, I think a live action version's stupid, but in the cartoon, I would absolutely take it. Like, I, I don't want to see that in live action. Personally. There's a lot more to... Because Toby... I don't know what the hell Toby Maguire looks like now, but he definitely does not look like Peter Parker from 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm sure Andrew Garfield, uh, having seen him in things recently, he still looks mostly the same, but Toby Maguire has had a lot more time to age. Yeah. Which... But, I mean, it is a Spider-Verse, so he could be an older... I don't know. Maybe something. he could be the live action Peter B. Parker. Yeah. I mean, I would still rather see them can that idea and just introduce Miles into the next Spider-Man. Yeah. It, like, if Andrew Garfield's going to be done, like, done, done, introduce a Miles and keep the story going with a version of Miles. That would be great. Right. Um, all right, so I'm going to start digging into one of our, our bigger topics. And this was more or less the reason why I wanted to do an episode because I we, we actually have an episode in the bag that I was planning on putting up this week and then this happened and I was like nope never mind no we're, we got to record something uh so this has to do with um David Benioff and DB Weiss 
who were signed on to spearhead a trilogy of Star Wars movies, they have left the project. So I, I don't know if the announcement is as surprising as some might think. So I tried to like go through some of the steps and, and try to go over some of the stuff. But so before Game of Thrones wrapped off, wrapped up, Benioff and Weiss signed a deal with Lucasfilm to develop a trilogy of Star Wars movies. They were tasked with writing the scripts for all three movies. Since they were in the middle of wrapping up Game of Thrones, the duo had said they were not planning to start work on their Star Wars project until after Game of Thrones ended. HBO apparently wanted to extend the final season to ensure that the show wrapped up properly, but it seems like it was the decision of Benioff and Whites that the final season stick to the shorter episode order. Now, this is coming from someone who has only gotten this feeling based on internet reactions, but it does seem like the final season of Game of Thrones was met with some very mixed opinions. Yes, that's very diplomatic, yes. Yeah, I think, uh, for, I mean, the, from what I've read and what just talking to people, I think a lot of you, and maybe you guys can confirm or deny, but the story seemed rushed and very, like, underwhelming considering all the stuff that was set up previous seasons. Agree, disagree? That's an understatement, yes. Yeah, I really wish they would have would have fleshed out a little uh, more of... I think they hit the spots that they needed to hit, but I think those spots needed fleshed out more. Okay. Agreed. That that's why I, I I'm a defender of their plot and how things turned out, which a lot of people hate. But more time to explore why things happened and how they happened yeah. would have been the reasons needed. They they missed the the reasons everything happened. Okay. I think. Yeah. They sort of glossed over like, oh, this, and you're just like one sentence. That's it. For, for something that had spent, like, s- literally five, six, seven seasons included right. in storylines, they wrapped up with either no explanation or, yeah, with a sentence or a small scene that had nothing to do. Like, it was very dissatisfying. Okay. To, to say the least. So, yeah. yeah. So, from but, that, that's our jump-off point. Right. Okay. Yeah, they um, had... No, go ahead, Mike. Finish. finish I was just going to say that they had many, many, many storylines that needed a conclusion and they did it in six episodes okay they took you know like they had so many stories that needed more fleshing out and that it's just not possible in six hour long episodes right um all right so taking these opinions like into account um I think there were some people that were already speculating Benioff and Whites might have rushed the final season in order to start work on star wars that could be maybe like a conspiracy theory i think floating around um now even after they got their star wars deal the duo was even being shopped around to every tv network looking to get a deal for another series in august netflix won out they secured the duo for around 250 million give or take depending on articles you read uh to write and produce tv and movie content for the streaming service so with that announcement their star wars deal shifted a bit into writing the script for the first movie of their trilogy, and then they were having story treatments done for the remaining two movies in order to have some time for their Netflix projects. And that basically catches up to where we are now, which was Benioff and Whites were not fired from the Star Wars gig. I want to make that clear. The press release says it was their decision to leave the project, citing that they did not have time to devote to both Star Wars and Netflix and try to give them the attention they deserve. So they're dropping Star Wars, and they're concentrating fully on Netflix. Which, for that price tag, I'm I'm assuming is probably a lot more than whatever they got for their Star Wars deal. So they're going with you, money. You would is... think that's a that's a big price tag. Yeah. 
Um, Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy seems to leave the door open, saying that uh, we hope to include them in the journey forward when they are able to step away from their busy schedule to focus on Star Wars. Um, so yeah, depending on what you read, there's conspiracy theories saying that because of the terrible reaction that they received from the final season of Game of Thrones, that that may also have factored factored into their decision to leave Star Wars. Um, they had famously, not famously, but maybe infamously, backed out of a couple panel appearances, specifically one at San Diego Comic-Con, which was right after the final season of Game of Thrones, which again, many believe was due to the poor reaction to the final season. Um, so before we can get into how this could affect Star Wars and their release schedule and sort of what that go means going forward, I mean, how do you guys feel about the duo leaving Star Wars Project? Uh, good news, bad news, opinions all around. I think part of, you know, what you had shared previously about the news that it just seemed like in the whole forthcoming Star Wars universe, like property schedule, there just seemed to be a ton yeah. that was coming forward. So, I, I mean, they, it, it maybe it, it's hard to know because if we never know what could have been, then we won't know what we're missing. But, uh, I mean, how... Remind me, how soon after, you know, episode nine wraps up is the next thing supposed to come? Because they're they're not doing any more of these anthology movies like Rogue One or Solo, right? Well, we at, at least not for the time being. Yeah, yeah. There's there's going to be a bit of a break, um, and that's I I have a lot of those details next, so I'll I'll dive into that now. So we have um, Disney had announced that Avatar movies and Star Wars movies would be alternating December release dates for the foreseeable future. So the next Star Wars release date is December 16th, 2022. And then Avatar for 2023, we get a December 20, 2024 for Star Wars. Avatar the following year, and then December 19th, 2026 for Star Wars. So those are the three release dates for Star Wars movies that they have announced right now. We don't know what those movies are, but that's the stuff that is set. I mean, I kind of agree with Josh 100% that without knowing what they were working on or having any clue as to what it might have been, it's hard to be disappointed or pleased that they left. Right. Because they had their ups and downs with Game of Thrones. And, I mean, the first several seasons of that are masterpieces they're fantastic and yeah at the end it tailed off a little bit but i feel like a lot of shows go that route and well, i think the the statement and complaint that i heard from a lot of people watching the show was that prior to the final season of game of thrones all of the seasons were and correct me if i'm wrong all the seasons were based on the books from Game of Thrones that are already out. George R.R. R. Martin is still working on more books for that series. The book was not released in time for them to wrap stuff up in the final season, so it was basically Benioff and White's creating the stories they needed to finish off. So basically the first season on their own, not not adapting yes. anything. And I think a lot of people were saying, well, this is what happens when they're in charge to make up stuff on their own, and they shit the bed. I, I feel like... In some respect, yes, that's the case, but I would not say that these, that the show was like a shot for shot 
interpretation of the book as much as, say, like, Watchmen was a shot-for-shot interpretation of the comic. Right, but even having broad strokes of a story to adapt into what you need to do and having a part where you have no idea, like... But doesn't that already exist with Star Wars, though, too? With broad strokes and, I'm sure, Lucasfilm pulling the strings on, like, you're not getting pure creative freedom here. This is how the story has to fit. Well, I'm also sure, like, I would think that the same thing would sort of kind of happen with HBO. Like, there's got to be somebody saying, well, you can't do this, you can do this, but we'll give you the the creative wiggle room here. Right. But even well, still, and, and that's kind of what I mean is, like, I don't feel like they were going to be making up this story for Star Wars out of the blue. I feel like they were going to be given a story to tell from Lucasfilm. You, you don't think they were going to act as creators and sh- and showrunners sort of they were just gonna be if i had to guess that. i would say lucasfilm is more controlling than that okay. yeah i almost feel like lucasfilm may like i feel like lucasfilm or maybe maybe it's just the public assumption of what lucasfilm does in the story group i feel like if someone comes to lucasfilm and says hey we want to make a story in this era at this time that sort of has to do with this Lucasfilm just basically says yes or no. They're not saying, okay, well, if you use that era, now you have to use these characters in this scenario at this time. Well, we really don't know what they're going to do from here on out. Because what they've done so far is all tied to the Skywalker saga. So these films were going to be the first ones outside that. I think Lucasfilm has an idea of the stories they want to be told. I think well, I think I'm I'm seeing Lucasfilm as more sort of like what I've what I've heard Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige is like where they come with a story they let the creator run with it and then Feige kind of steers direction when needed and can have his hand in the pot as much as he needs to to help the creative vision for whatever they the showrunners or or directors are trying to do so in this case it would be Benioff and Weiss coming to Lucasfilm saying we want to do a story with this and this is where we sort of want it to go and they. Lucasfilm would just kind of help steer if they need not not overly you know make a lot of the studio notes and saying it has to be this it has to be that it has to be this wait but see I, and I feel like that's somewhat true but I feel like there's no way that Lucasfilm doesn't know where it's going right I, I don't I don't I don't know I don't necessarily agree with you Brian um just because um of the issues with uh Lord and Miller solo Right. Um, they did tend to, they saw where the direction was going and didn't like it canned them and right. brought in new people. And I feel like the same thing sort of happened also with Rogue One to a lesser extent. So you think they're, they're gun shy of letting creators come in and do their thing and right. now they're trying I think, to keep things well, under wraps. I think what, yeah, I think what they, um, what they they tell you that you have all this creative freedom, which is why Lord and Miller went to Star Wars to do Solo. And then when everything started happening, they sort of stepped, like Lucasfilm sort of stepped back and went, whoa, 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 this is not what we were expecting, which I think is a little a little uh, more than, let, let's say, what like Feige would just try to like veer them in a different direction. Right. But, like Lucasfilm was kind of like, er! Full stop. What the hell's happening? Like, we don't want this. We don't want that. Do you know what I mean? It just, it it seems like they're a little bit more hands-on when it comes to that than maybe Marvel would be. 
I feel like Marvel has a lot of content out there for their directors to follow. Yeah. To begin with. And then they also had the overarching story that Marvel Studios wanted to tell so far that Feige yeah. had to make sure that they were fitting into. Like that right. was part of the reason, part of what he was doing there was like, is this going to screw up what we're trying to do overall? And right. if not, let it and, go. If it doesn't. And, and here's a big contrast to consider, which is it, right. It feels like pr- probably at the minimum, they need the story and the look and certain things to, to, to hit minimum beats in, in order to fulfill what they envisioned for that story and for the overall arc. And then anything outside of that, as long as it doesn't seem to create a conflict or disrupt anything else. Sure. Why not? Now, two really good stark examples to put up next to each other are Edgar Wright with Ant-Man and Lord Miller with Solo. Edgar Wright never got into even principal photography. Right. You know, he got into pre-production. They, you know, were planning that for a long, long time. And just eventually they realized this is not going to work in the fabric of what we already have and what we want it to be able to do. And they went their separate ways. You know, and people have their feelings about that and who, you know, who's, quote, to blame and what it was. But point being, they they severed it before they even got off the ground, really. Yeah. Um, With Solo, if I remember the reporting, it sounded like they had, you know, they had like 70% of the movie made. They had gotten that far, and only at that point did somebody on that side of Disney in in Lucasfilm, and we're talking about the same parent company, it's all Disney now, so, but somebody on the Lucasfilm side, or someone high enough, high enough, high enough up on the Disney side, only at that point did they realize, you know, this is not what we want. So does that mean that the, the control ship is not being overseen as tightly on Lucasfilm as it is potentially at Marvel Studios? Or, I don't know, did, did they get cold feet? Was somebody happy with it and then eventually only someone else decided like, no, this is not a risk we want to take? Because I, I still, I, I mean, Solo was enjoyable enough for me. It, it wasn't terrible. It was, it was watchable. But I would love to see a Lord and Miller version, like sort of similar as the Snyder cut of Justice yeah. League. You know, it's like I, I would love to have seen what end product the dudes who, you know, made the Lego movie and put their sensibilities into the Spider-Verse, like what they would have made. That would have been really interesting to see. I'd be interested to see, interested to see it to see why it got axed and try to point out that like, too. Yeah, that's it right there. That's why they got axed. Right, right, right. Well, let me let me ask you guys this, like, like Andy, like you guys are all bit like much bigger fans of Star Wars than me. Are 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 you are you bummed enough that just that there was content to be created from these guys that now we'll never see? Like, is that enough? Just the fact that it could have been and now it's not, is that enough to bum you out and and like uh, be sad about the decision the or is room, it quality over quantity? I, I think the rumor uh, kind of following these guys when they got announced was what, the Old Republic? Which that was what fit. everyone was assuming. 
Right. Yes. Assuming it, slash hoping. It, right. And if that's the case, the Old Republic is so rich in in um in lore and backstory and characters. Um that yeah, that's that's pretty disappointing. Okay. Um I, so, I would so love to for, see for you it uh, might have depended uh, on specifically which I don't um, say version, but like wh- where it would have been focusing I, on. I, I'm I would have been in either way, but um, as a as a fan of like older the old Republic uh, video games and just the lore that I do already know that that sort of it 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 does disappoint me that we may not get to see their vision of you know what well, see that, that was. Get, see that gets me to a point that well it's I guess it's stuff that sort of the second half of this that we can dive into but that seems like you're more broken up with the era and not the creative team. Like, because these two leave, if they are making, if they are actually supposed to be making an old Republic movie or trilogy, whatever it is, if they, if they left, there's, we might still get that just not by them. And that goes to what I was saying earlier about how like Lucasfilm knows where they want this to go and general plot points and perhaps main characters they want to be involved they may have been telling Benioff and Weiss, here's Revan, go. Uh, like, here's the old content for Revan that was there. Here's, you know, here's Revan as a character. Tell the story of Revan you want. Use as much of that as you want, and we'll steer. And I feel like they're still going to do that. If, like, whatever they were handing Benioff and Weiss to work with, I feel like they're going to hand off to whoever they put in their place. Well, the flip side, too, is that with Kathleen Kennedy sort of leaving the door open, it's up to interpretation whether if if they are working on – because, again, none of this was confirmed. We st- we're still speculating that this is the era that in which they were working. So if they left, does the idea go with them? And if, they, if their schedule frees up, if they come back, then we get Old Republic? Or is it this era is going to happen, we're just going to bring in another creative team to do it? I think the second one. So can you let me let me ask this as the sort of more casual fan is now that to to Andy's point like was there sort was there more of an allure knowing the creative resume of of these particular people if that had been married with this old republic material mm-hmm. is that specifically something that sounds more interesting you know, meaning that if, if I don't want to say like if no name, but if like not otherwise recognizable folks are then announced to specifically carry the, the, the torch forward for Old Republic material, does that sound potentially less uh, uh, stimulating than like knowing, oh my god, the Game of Thrones guys are doing Old Republic? That sounds great because I think that's a good marriage. Or... Right, so I guess I'm trying to get a sense of like, it. Right, I think Brian, I think you said like, is it the material or is it the people, right. or and is it the combination? I think for me personally, it's the era. I want to see New Republic stuff. I okay, and New Republic stuff, or sorry, Old Republic stuff. Yes, maybe I okay. started saying um, New Republic. My, my mistake. Um, so can can I ask as as again as like the background fan? Can you can someone give me like a a just like elevator pitch summary on why what is the old public focus right. on and what is the attraction so war between to it. the jedi and the sith so yeah, th- th- big this battles is... of game and thrones but with lightsabers 
That's what I was going to say, basically, is think Battle of the Bastards, but okay. in Star Wars. And this, and that's like a big culmination event, or that's like the entire arc just happening all the time? The Old Republic was a struggle for control between the Sith and the Jedi. Sometimes the Jedi had control, sometimes the Sith had control. There was entire armies on both sides. And this is happening relatively when? 10,000 years before... Uh, a, new, a New Hope. Yeah, before okay. A New Hope, or, I mean, any of it, 10,000 years. Or even, years. yeah, a Phantom Menace, yeah. Even. Okay. Yeah, so, since that's only 20 years or so. So right now, for instance, uh, as a reference, I'm listening to a show that is doing, like, real hardcore deep dives on uh, each of the, I guess, eight episode movies. And okay. they, uh, they're they only up to uh, Attack of the Clones right now. But I think in the Phantom Menace discussion, they mentioned that I'd have, I don't think I've seen the prequels for like 12 or 13 years, and I've only watched them each once, I believe. So they, they mentioned in that episode that as Phantom Menace is beginning, there is a reference in that movie to saying that there's basically been like a thousand years of peace. Like the Sith basically haven't been around for like a thousand years, but the Jedi have. Yeah. Um, so this is even like nine millennia prior to that, where it's just like constant galactic battlefield war. I think the difference is, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. The they mention in in Phantom Menace, and I think they bring it up on the podcast too. You're talking about binge mode, Josh. Yeah, I think they bring it up on the podcast too about the rule of two for the for the Sith. Um. And I think that idea kind of is birthed from the Old Republic. Like, the, the Jedi and Sith, their armies, the Sith eventually realize that, that there's there's too many of us. They they start infighting and killing each other off to the point where there's no one left, and that, therefore it's easier for them to hide. So the Thousand Years of Peace, sure, the, galactic, the, gala, the, galact, the galaxy on as a whole is peaceful, but underneath it the whole time, the Sith is still sort of trying to gain power, and they're still small factions of them around and it isn't until Palpatine that he decides to put something in motion to overthrow everything. And um, so how how extensive is the uh like a breadth of material on the old republic? Is it is it just a video game or two? Is it some of the animated shows? Or is it is it like background novels? Is it, like they how had much is there novels, to this? They had comics, video games, all of which is considered quote unquote not really canon. Legends, yeah. It's all qualified under legends now okay it is not official canon anymore the only stuff is, from the is old republic other... they turned back into canon is the existence of darth bane okay um they darth did that bane on is the, the one Clone wars i think who, right darth bane's the one that made that created the rule of two darth bane created the rule of two and destroyed the sith armies he took on his own people and killed all of them not even, like, left an apprentice. He killed all of them and sought out finding an apprentice after he had done that. Okay. So, ideally, a trilogy of Old Republic movies could end there. Hmm. Okay. Or right, you could then, have two yeah, separate kinda... trilogies, which was my idea. My hope was so you had a Ryan Johnson trilogy happening, you had the Benioff and Weiss trilogy happening, and you had a solo movie that we don't know how Kevin Feige would be involved, but he's attached to one. My idea was 
a Revan trilogy, a Darth Bane trilogy, and then an Avengers-esque combination of the two, resulting in some battle between the two of them, would be hmm. something that I thought of that probably would never happen. But, um, we, you know, it's interesting, and I, there's probably no correlation to this at all. But the so it sounds like if these creators, if these sh- we'll call them showrunners in this case we're going to be overseeing material uh, that takes place tens of, you know, thousands and thousands of years before the events that we're all so familiar with. Um, And that potentially specifically, if that's how it was just got axed, at least for the time being, then parallel to that, the HBO show that, which was supposed to be a game of Thrones prequel set thousands and thousands of years prior to the events that we all know and love also just got axed. Yeah. And and those guys weren't specifically acting as showrunners on that one anymore, but the parallel is a little creepy. Yeah, that's true. And maybe they're maybe the Johnson uh uh projects will either be going forward from the time we know or prior to the time or just parallel and completely different, but maybe it'll be somewhat more recent recently related in order to keep the audience like the casual audience somewhat tied to what they already know of so wait before i just before we start speculating on what's coming next and where these could like ryan johnson stuff i just want to spin back around to the original question because i don't know if andy chimed in the the duo or yeah he did but last thoughts for the duo leaving star wars how do we feel about that? Regardless of what content they're making, those two creators are no longer involved in Star Wars right now. Where are we at with that? I thought, <clears throat> even given like the last season, I thought that they did an excellent job of 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 exploring Game of Thrones, you know, and, okay. and showing us what they thought, you know, were things that you know ought to be shown, I guess. And um, I am I'm disappointed that regardless of what era that they were going to do in star wars any star wars content that they could have provided us i think would have been an a at the very least okay and and i am i'm disappointed i guess that we won't get to see what their vision of any sort of star wars is going to be gotcha okay uh around the horn mike and josh where you guys at with that when i see who's replacing them or what is going to be replacing them, I think I can give a better overall opinion on it. Because, yeah, I'm sad to see people that have produced high-quality content in the past go away. But if they're replaced by somebody equally as capable, well, again, it, it we can't sting as much. We can't assume that whoever comes in, whatever they announce next, we can't assume it's the same project. So just the creator. Those, well, that we duo, can't assume whatever. any of it, but and that's what I mean is like we were going to get Benioff and Weiss content. Now we're going to get blank content, and so maybe not necessarily the is, same era, but just the yeah, substitution it, of content. Yeah, whoever's content was going to be okay, created. Gotcha. If we go from theirs to, I, I don't know, Tyler Perry. Yeah, I'll be quite sad. Gotcha. Yeah, fair <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even fucking say it, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> you hit a nerve with Andy. I'm just, I'm just giving an example of what I'm saying. I'm not, you know, referring to specific era or anything like that. Just Tyler If Perry. it's high quality people taking over the 
those three movies, those three dates, I'm perfectly fine with it. Okay. If we get a Darth Medea movie, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Ian, I hope That's... you listen to this and you can bring us a whole Darth Medea story. Yes. <laughs> I want this. Uh, Josh, where do you fall? <laughs> uh, so, what is the specific insight you're looking for? Just just for that duo being involved in Star Wars. Not specifically what they're working on era-wise or subject matter, just the duo being creatively involved with Star Wars. Well, if we're taking little pot shots at them again for how Game of Thrones ended, I think their track record on that could potentially show that they do well when they are given established material. Okay. So if possibly they would have been in charge of creating story especially out of and again there is a parallel there potentially out of something that already exists but they're responsible for finishing it or taking you know a left fork and giving us new uh new adventure and and whatnot if it's up to them entirely then it could have potentially been problematic. Yeah. Um, but their record on that show of executing established material that they're using as a blueprint, I, I given given the scale of things and the interplay of there's multiple parties involved uh, at, at constant but always differing combinations of conflict and everybody's alliances always have to be rethought out and and realigned uh, i mean it absolutely like when, when i first heard about it i thought that could be a good match so would i am i a little bummed that again we'll never see it just a, in the way we'll never see the lord miller solo yeah yeah kind of bum, bummed about it i don't think it would have been a train wreck okay yeah i think sort of compounding what josh said i feel like uh the the internet reaction that I seem to find, where, like checking articles that were posted on Twitter and just the comments from Twitter, I, I was surprised to see how many people were like, oh, this is a big sigh of relief for me. I was not looking forward to what they were going to do. And I think generally I'm thinking that came from just people's reaction to the final season of Game of Thrones. I think they expected that kind of quality for whatever they were going to do with Star Wars. I think now, especially – that's fair. I think especially since that is so recent, it was only – yeah five months ago that's the last big thing on their resume you know definitely a recency problem now i think if they would have came back with something in between star wars and game of thrones and being able to sort of win people's trust back this could have hit a little bit harder but and sure. just that's, for me not maybe get that first netflix release out of the way right i was gonna yeah. say that's an excellent excellent that's an excellent point, Brian. If they can nail these next few Netflix things that they're going to do, what is it like? Is it a certain number of movies, like ten movies or something like that? I don't. I, I couldn't find specifics. It just said TV and movie series. So I like. Okay. I don't know if it's a couple movies, if it's a couple series, when they're coming out, if they're all related, if they're all different. No idea. Okay. Well, if they can, million, it's a significant amount of stuff. Right. So if they can nail this kind of stuff and and sort of like. Um, I don't think their ship needs to be righted personally, but um, if they can right the ship with, you know, fans and everything like that, then they come back to Star Wars, everyone would be, like, full-on geeked about it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. It, I don't know either way if it really affects me, but again, I was not really invested in Game of Thrones like all of you, so 
I, I'm just kind of going with what, I don't know, not you know, popular opinion, but I don't really have a stake in that game. So if 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 we lose that era because they left, I will be sad. If if we still get yeah. old Republic stuff, I'm fine. I can I I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I don't think they're the only people out there capable of telling a quality story in that setting. That's yeah, that's sort of the way I'm, is, I'm feeling too. Yeah. Um, all right, so on to sort of the speculation part, which we started diving into. So I'm going to reiterate a couple things we already talked about. The uh, With the release dates we already have for the next three Star Wars movies, so that's December 2022, 2024, and 2026, all December releases. Um, a couple other things to keep in mind. So we mentioned Ryan Johnson continues to remind everyone he's supposedly involved in a Star Wars trilogy of stuff um, to write at least the first one, maybe – or sorry, he's going to write the trilogy, direct possibly the first one, maybe all three, depending on how scheduling works and all that stuff. But we haven't heard anything about that since it was basically announced a couple years ago. But every time he's interviewed about it, he still says they're coming. Or he's, you know, they're in the process of being worked on. So we have another three. Uh, we mentioned Kevin Feige is supposed to be producing a Star Wars movie with Kathleen Kennedy. No details on that other than they're working on it. So that's another one. If we include the three that Benioff and Weiss we're supposed to do that was seven movies and we only have three confirmed release dates over the next seven years. Now, three of those movies are off the table. The Benioff and Weiss trilogy is gone. Um, so that sort of uncrowds the release schedule with what they're trying to do. Well, um, do we know that the movie dates are gone, that the movies that were planned are canned or is it just that Benioff and Weiss are out? Well, okay. Fair point. Yeah. So there could still potentially be, seven movies on the table. And I think they had, it was uh, a call that I think like a uh, earnings call or something that Bob, Bob Iger was on. I think he was the one that said he was expecting Benioff and Weiss to come out of the gate as the next Star Wars content after Rise of Skywalker. Now, whether or not they were going to do all three of, take all three of those release dates or if they just get the first one, take a break. And then the, the middle one is somebody else's stuff, maybe Ryan Johnson. Then the last one can be Benioff and Weiss again. Either way, we are not sure. Right. Um, so that essentially seems like it opens up that first release date for what it is. So even if those three movies that they were attempting to do are still on the table just with a different creative team, you're still going to have to hire someone, get someone in to start working on that. So that delays those already. So everything, if there's seven movies on the table, they're basically all starting from scratch right now. Yeah. Um, well, except for Johnson. Because he's, we don't know how much work he has done. Right. But I'm going to assume that he's been, I'm, again, I'm assuming, but either very little or not much work has been done on that yet. So I'm essentially calling that starting from scratch. Um, so Feige has so much shit on his schedule, especially with now being promoted to like head of Marvel. He probably, his movie is probably nowhere near being started. That's got to be years down the line. Ryan Johnson, it seems like to me his schedule should open up pretty openly after this his next project knives out is done it's being released in a few weeks unless he has something in the works to come out next he could basically start working on his trilogy now if he starts now that's three years to hit that december release date which seems like the schedule would fit perfectly for the yeah. time needed to do something like that do we even know that benioff and weiss was scheduled to have that release other than Iger saying he wanted that to be when that's that it. release was that's what but, everybody was running with is Bob Iger said Benioff and Weiss are next that's the uh, only source did I he say find. he wanted it to be next or did he say they weren't next I, though I don't remember the exact wording okay but 
I, I was just wondering because they, it may have always been the plan to have Johnsons be the first one. It could be and, like that may have been Lucasfilm's plan from the start. See, I don't think we just uh, don't know. Judged on the 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 reaction from the Last Jedi, I can't see them rushing to get Ryan Johnson out of the gate again with Star Wars right after Rise of Skywalker. But at this point, if they don't have any other options, I could definitely see that working and re- retooling some schedule and stuff and just making the toxic fanboys fucking suck it and you're going to get more content <laughs> from Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I, I still don't understand the hate for The Last Jedi. I still think that's Nobody a, with a brain does. A yeah. really, really good the, movie. It needs to be a meme. There, there are so There's many parallels. Like, he parallels shots from the rest of, like, all of the other Star Wars content in that movie. And it's just, ah, it's so good. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm I'm more excited for Ryan Johnson being associated with Star Wars than I was with Benny Alvin Weiss associated with Star Wars. Is it the next release is supposed to be 2022? Correct. Mm-hmm. So, so that'd they... be five years after Last Jedi. I mean, yeah. I get I don't know. I get the impression that to, not wholly, and I don't want to use the James Gunn incident as, as an example of of definite evidence. But Disney is a goddamn rich company. Mm. I don't <laughs> think they really need to give a shit what I don't want to say what people think because that's too juvenile of a way to put it. But they don't need to care. The, the the seventy-eight people who will not go see Star Wars right. because Ryan Johnson is directing the next chapter is not even a blip on yeah. their eyelid. I agree. Let's also not forget that still to this date, The Last Jedi is the second highest earning ever Star Wars film. And it was like, what, $1.46 billion yeah. that it made? I don't think they're believing a lot of the hate <laughs> that it got well, based on see... the billion and a half that it made. I'm, yeah, I want to see what Rise of Skywalker does. If it's if it's somehow, le- like, even just a little bit less than The Last Jedi, people are going to take credit because you know the you know the the fandom menace is i think what they're calling themselves all the toxic star wars people that that hate all that shit um they're already trying obviously boycott the movie but this is also i feel like the same segment of internet culture that tried to boycott boycott captain marvel and black panther which all made over a billion dollars so i i also think that it works so well with captain marvel it really did yeah yeah Yeah, right is you know this is not to open this can of worms, but I do firmly believe that there are little bits of the um, political divisive culture that get put into pop culture as well. Yeah. So there sure. are – and I, it's not just your average troll person in any way, but that potentially – just to sow seeds of discourse over any popular topic that there yeah. could absolutely be people either based in America or elsewhere who just look for ways to stir shit up on the internet. Yeah. So if there's a thousand people who really hated the last Jedi, someone latches on to that. And now there's 50 more fake Twitter accounts created to amplify that and retweet and create bullshit just 
for the sake of keeping people arguing over anything in their lives. Yep. So whatever they think is out there. Now, I, I, I admittedly, I will say, is it theoretically possible that the box office figure for Last Jedi uh, had what I'll call the Venom effect, which was Venom absolutely blue and it made $800 million <laughs> and it's going to have a sequel. And yeah. it, in, in theory, I'm not saying that's how I feel or what happened, but in theory, if, if people think that's a substandard movie, could the same have happened? Theoretically, yes. Is that really what is going on? Absolutely not. It's a Star Wars movie. That's why it made money. That's why people go. What's I mean, the only like? you could you could maybe point to Solo as a as a possible example of people voting with their wallets based on something that they may not have really cared about, for instance, and and maybe they heard reviews or right. et cetera, and they made this because fi- financially, in comparison, that is probably the one that you really want to grab and stand out. Is Rise of Skywalker going? to not make a billion and a half dollars of course it is rise of skywalker if i had to guess is going to easily eclipse two billion without breaking a sweat no i disagree i do too two two is not that hard not is not that easy to get to i i i, I wouldn't the say end 100%. Of star wars which is what they're billing this as it doesn't granted matter. it does not make it, money in china you will get they will get lose a third of their box office profits because china will not see this movie that's it will fair. be the highest grossing movie in domestically in the United States, hands down. You think? Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, the United yeah, I mean, still to this day, I domestically, think Domestically. It yeah, will beat Avengers Endgame end, domestically. And yeah, I was gonna say Endgame just barely eclipsed the Force Awakens, I believe, right? I didn't look at those numbers, but I know domestically Force Awakens is like eight hundred, nine hundred million. It almost made a billion yeah. dollars domestic. Force yeah, Awakens it, Force is Awakens. nine nine hundred and thirty six million domestic. Yeah. And Endgame was what? Uh, come on, give me all time here. Top left hand grosses. I'm on box office mojo right now. Uh, yeah. Endgame was eight fifty eight. So there you go. So it Even made Endgame eighty million Force more Awakens. domestically. So almost, you know, we'll say forty forty five percent of Endgame is domestic. Yeah. Yeah. So and yes, I think I think China. Yeah, I forgot about that aspect. Yeah, of world Star Wars. worldwide total, it's not going to cross two billion. Billion and a half, yes, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. One point yeah, eight, right. I think it tops, but not not two billion. Especially now, they might not even show it in China, given how China doesn't even allow Winnie the Pooh anymore for some reason. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say, Solo, it, to me, is a terrible example because Solo was wedged with Deadpool 2 and Infinity War right around it. Yeah, I it. think there's a lot of other factors with Solo. Not and okay. Infinity not just War boycott. just crushed it. Sure. Like, it just, they, they changed that. They pushed it up by, from December release to a May release, if I'm not mistaken. And it made no sense at all for Disney to a, battle their own property. I think that was the the only Star Wars movie recently that had a May release date from the start and did not move. And that was the movie oh, that had okay. the most production trouble, which is why and, you have to shake your head why it was not moved. And because, again, they were going up against their own product with Infinity yeah, War. Yeah, that was like, stupid it, fucking... You have this mega moneymaker with Infinity War that you know is going to dominate the box office for weeks and you plop Solo right behind it. Yeah. Like, it was like two weeks later and... 
it made no sense. Yeah, I think I mean we talked at length about that before too. Just right. the, the the shitty nature in which Solo came out and the bad rap that it got when it's re- actually a really quality movie. Yeah. But I I think the other outside fact, well not actually, but the thing I keep thinking about too is we were talking about how Lucasfilm tries to, or how we think Lucasfilm sort of directs Star Wars stories and tries to keep people in that box. And the one movie that I've heard nothing about that happening to was The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi was Ryan Johnson getting sanctioned by Lucasfilm to make a Star Wars movie and be creative with it. And it came out to, you know, the the mixed response or whatever that it got. So you could almost say that like something like Solo or even possibly this, the Benioff and White stuff could be reactionary to how uh, Last Jedi was received. Like, okay, we gave this guy creative freedom. It made a lot of money, but you know, there's a very vocal part of the fan base that hates this. I, I don't think it affected Solo as much because it released like five months after Last Jedi. Right, so that was already in the process. But with Benioff and Weiss, maybe. You know, maybe that could be a factor, but I feel like it would have happened sooner. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, that, so that's really difficult about, to know. So, yeah. Um, any... I, I know... I feel like this is another topic we could probably just keep going on. So I do want to try to wind this down. So any, any final thoughts or any other speculation we want to try to get out there? No, I mean, on the main topic, I think, I mean, at, at the end of the day, the guys who aren't doing star Wars anymore are still going to make a bunch of stuff and get paid a shit ton to do it. Yeah. And the guys who are making star Wars stuff are going to make a lot of stuff and get paid a shit ton to do it. That's like Phil Lord and Chris Miller got kicked out of Solo, and then they went right back to start working on Spider-Man again and made Spider-Verse, so yeah. they're fine. Everyone's yep. going to fall quite lovely on their feet. I, I look forward to whatever Star Wars has next for us. That, that That's the most I would say as far as that goes. Whatever it is, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to finding out more, which I'm yeah, sure we'll... more details will arise after this Skywalker saga ends yes. officially, and they're willing to talk about what's next. Because right I don't now, know how... I feel like they're just in that box where they're not telling us what's really going on. Yeah, and I'm wondering how soon we'll hear something. I don't know if we'll hear it before celebration. I, I would think like they're going to save it for then. Yeah, Sa- that's, like save that's a good time for... to announce everything. Yeah, tell the re- tell the people that come out in droves as fans to their convention yeah. what's going on. Uh. I, th- I still think it's going to be funny that if the Old Republic is the era that even the haters of The Last Jedi are excited for, and then they put Ryan Johnson in, in charge of that trilogy. <laughs> to, to give you an idea of that, Josh, why The Old Republic is such a big thing, um, for years and years and years, Star Wars fans had the original trilogy, and we had the content that is now referred to as Legends. Okay. A lot of it didn't even exist before the prequel trilogy started up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we had things like Shadows of the Empire and all this stuff. And a lot of the Old Republic stuff originated before even that. And that's a lot of things you see reflected in the sequel trilogy come from that content. And them trying to give you a little taste of it. Maybe not all of it, but a taste. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's such a big deal. It's because we didn't have anything else. For all that time, except what was coming from basically sanctioned fan fiction. And so much of it was so damn good that now 
that we might actually get to see it in a live action official form uh, is quite exciting, but we don't have any confirmation of that or any knowledge of it. The only thing I'd say that bodes well for the Old Republic being the next thing they're touching on is that just recently they announced the first update in years for the RPG online game uh, called The Old Republic. Okay. It's a really long time since they put out new content for that, and they just announced that they're doing it. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, so we'll, have to, we'll keep an eye on it and see where it all ends up. At the very least, I'm sure by April we'll start hearing some more news. Yeah. I would say that's what I'm looking forward to hearing the the, the stuff. Up until then, it'll be the Rise of Skywalker and the Mandalorian for the foreseeable future. Yes, the Mandalorian. Can't wait. Which um, all right. I, I would actually chime in real quick. I know that really yeah. wasn't much of a topic that you guys went over before, but the trailer for the Mandalorian looks really cool. Does it? Yeah. Josh might be into Star what, Wars stuff. I was going to say, I'm excited <laughs> to see what Josh thinks diving into the Mandalorian. This, you know, not the hardcore star wars fan like us right i think it'll be it'll be interesting for me possibly to go into something that if they don't rely heavily on prior knowledge and you having to know 15 pieces of information for any of it to make sense to you and it's just a good compelling story um and i i feel like john favreau is good at keeping that sensibility and keeping that in mind when he makes his stuff and so he's acting as showrunner i'm hoping that's the case like just by the look of it you know the cinematography the way it's shot the the, the feel of it it could be pretty cool if, if it just is you know good like action bounty hunter adventure kind of shit like that could be really really uh really compelling to see yeah because it looks expensive yeah. it does not look like they oh, yeah, skimmed sure. on effects well, didn't they just announce that, what was it, uh, the the Bucky and Falcon movie, or Bucky and Falcon shows getting like $25 million an episode budget? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. they're not fucking around. No, <laughs> they, they, they are not pulling any punches on their budget for this stuff, so I, I mean, would expect at, movie quality shows. Yeah, at the very least, Disney maybe films. it at least seems like, you know, people just talk for years, and it's true, like, Disney has all the money. Yeah. Like, good, spend it. <laughs> yeah, they've been yeah. stockpiling this for a while, so let me yeah. make some use out of it. <laughs> so do you do you guys know is there um I know uh Disney Plus comes out here in a little weeks, over what, a week. Two weeks. Yeah. Ten days. Yeah. Yeah, uh, ten days. Will there be apps to download? Like do you download the Disney Plus app and then you start streaming from there? Or do you just have to like go to the website? Do you have any idea? Probably both. Okay. I, I haven't I would heard assume much there's about going how to you be actually an get app. to it. Yeah, I would. I would assume they're gonna put an app out for. Download. Like I could, yeah, I could like get it on my Xbox and start watching it. Whatever. It would be very f- funny if Disney rolled out this app and did not have easily downloadable apps available for every possible yeah. device. Yeah, well, it'd that's... be stupid not to. Like, the more apps you have it on, the more people you could potentially have as subscribers, right? Right. Yeah, we're wondering about that ourselves because we don't have. I think we it, our TV is technically a smart TV, but it's like very, 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 very basic. You know, first world problem. It's fine. 
But uh, <laughs> like, we don't have an Apple TV. We don't have an Xbox. We don't have a PlayStation. Um, we have a Blu-ray player, but it doesn't really have like search and app store and download capabilities. Like at the, ve- I mean, at the very worst, we we have a uh, we have a Fire Stick that we haven't really used, but we don't know if Amazon's going to try to block downloading certain content like certain providers Wait, apps to do that you, you can, should you can watch like hulu and um and netflix on your fire tv stick i know so. that's true that's well, true i, I, I don't I see why you wouldn't be able to do disney plus on it a, a roku stick you go and pick it up will cost you what 20 bucks yeah so we're, we're even at that point we're just hoping that there's something of like the six goddamn things we already have that it'd be right. ca- ca- capable of, of working with something rather than having to get anything brand new yeah i think ease of access is is essential for anybody doing these streaming services so there's got to be ways to get it of course i guess we'll have to figure out what avenues and and who allows the app to be used on their platform or their service at some point but i'm sure they'll announce all that stuff once it comes out where you can find it where to get it all right so let's get on to the last one we have now i was talking to the guys beforehand i started this as a as a dc sort of news topic and then it's associated with hbo max and i started to go down the hbo max rabbit hole of like all the shit that is confusing about this so i'll try to run through this and uh try to give you any ideas on on what we're looking at here um so i guess sort of before we get started uh how many of you are are paying for hbo in one way or another yes I get it, but I, it's very indirectly paid for because it's just included with my basic cable. So I mean, literally basic. Like I get zero to nineteen because I have no other choice. Okay. And it's included with it, so I'm not paying the eighteen dollars a month or whatever it is extra to have it added to my cable. Right. Uh, Andy, are you on HBO? Um, no. Okay. Um. So for. I guess this really applies to anybody. Do you guys know what HBO Max is, or how that how that fits in with all the other HBO ways to get HBO? I I'm not sure. I do now. I it was really I, uh, not to say misleading, but confusing when they announced. Yeah, I'm not first. really sure what the difference between like HBO Go or HBO Now is with HBO Max. Okay, and that's sort of the response I expected. So I tried to. I don't, I don't know if it's going to make it any simpler, but I'm going to try to run through what I found here. So right now, HBO offers a few different ways to watch their content. There's traditional cable package, which has been referred to as HBO Linear. Then there's HBO Go, which is a digital on-demand service for authenticated cable subscribers. And then there's HBO Now, right. which is their standalone streaming service for HBO content. So releasing this May, there will be a fourth option. HBO Max, which is set to go live. The service is going to be another standalone streaming service, just like HBO Now, but Max will include all of HBO's original content, new content made by HBO that will be exclusive to the platform, as well as streaming rights to shows like South Park, Fringe, Big Bang Theory, West Wing, and Sesame Street. Uh, Parrot company AT&T bought Time Warner, so that means all the services, or the service will also get their library of content, uh, from properties like Warner Brothers, New Line, CNN, TNT, TBS, Cartoon Network. Um, this does include Warner Brothers DC properties. Um, it was unclear to me when I was looking at this what that means for the current DC Universe streaming service. 
it at least means that probably some of the shows and movies will be available also on HBO Max. I think uh, DC Universe includes like digital comics that you can read through that service, which I don't see that coming over to HBO Max. Uh, and I, I don't know at the rate at which some of the content is going to be coming to HBO Max. I don't know if that means when that stuff migrates to HBO Max, DC Universe goes away, or if they're still going to be running both services separately. It's, I, I don't know what the long-term plan is for that. Um, so what does this mean for the other ways to get HBO content? Well, right now, nothing. So all four of these avenues are still going to be there. Um, I think, which makes it even more confusing for a consumer, uh, but HBO Linear and HBO Go, to me, seem like they kind of work together for the most part. Like, you can't use HBO Go if you aren't a cable subscriber, so therefore you should have access right. to HBO Linear through your cable box. Correct. Uh, Go is another yeah, way they... to access the same content you're already paying for. HBO Now and Max are the same idea. They even share the same price point. So they're both 15 bucks a month. But apparently, due to how the streaming services were set up on different infrastructures uh, and how HBO Now can be purchased through a third party like Hulu or Apple, they're unable to just simply transfer current HBO Now subscribers to the new HBO Max. Uh, from what I can tell, if you are currently subscribed to HBO Now directly through Warner Media, you should be able to have immediate access to HBO Max. Don't quote me on this because I feel like it's a bit hard to follow and I, I'm not sure how well I was, was interpreting the information I read, but that's sort of how I figured it out. Um, if you are currently subscribed to HBO Now through a third party, you, I think, well, are going to have to probably like cancel that subscription and then come to HBO Max as a new subscriber directly through WarnerMedia. It seems a little wonky. Uh, the transitional period seems like it could be rough trying to get everyone on the same page. Obviously their goal is to try to bring everybody over to HBO max. They're starting to look at ad supported versions of HBO max, which I'm guessing would allow people to, to sign up at a lower price point. Uh, for the time being, all the avenues listed above will continue to be supported. So linear go now max, they're all going to be there. Um, if you're subscribed to HBO, maybe keep an eye out for emails or alerts from HBO uh, migrating to HBO Max when it goes live in May. Maybe they'll extend some sort of deal to sign up or transition. I don't know. That's just a thought. Um, before we get to the DC stuff that's announced, uh, anything you guys want to dive into for the, the different avenues for all this stuff? I have one big question. Yeah. So you're saying there is content being produced exclusively for HBO Max yes. that will not appear on the HBO Linear. From the way I read, it, yes, as at least as of not yet. Uh, there there was something I read that said they are trying to work with cable affiliates to get HBO Max content to HBO Linear through your cable box. Now, I don't know how that's going to work or how they, how they okay. worked it out, but so I'm guessing they're probably trying to work in like advertisers or, you know, however... I, I don't know who has to sign off on stuff like that. That's where it gets finicky and confusing. All the to different me, but... cable companies that currently get paid. Yeah. So... so I think we mentioned it before the show about like how difficult cable companies can be with some of these apps and that like even HBO Go can be difficult to access depending on what device you're using because right. companies like Comcast or whatever the other big ones out there are um, can really give them a hard time. So for someone like me, who I've kept the same deal on my current cable because I don't want any more, and currently I, if I wanted to change, I would have to pay Comcast more money for cable television that I don't watch. Yeah. 
and I'm and they don't offer an internet only plan. So I have HBO, which I like, and it's part of the package that I have. It's part of a package deal. For me, that means HBO Max is completely out of the question at that price point because I'm not paying them twice. Yeah, compared to other services like Disney Plus is going to be seven bucks a month, and Apple TV is five bucks a month. Like that seems high compared to other things that are out there. Very. I and I, I guess it maybe just yeah it comes down to the maybe the the first biggest market this appeals to is people who don't have HBO whatsoever. They don't have it on their cable. They don't. They're not a. They're not a now subscriber already. Um, so they're not. They don't have a risk of yeah paying for something additional that's going to double. You know, there's going to be redundancy in what they have access to already from the HBO side, and and uh, even just from HBO, like if you have it on your cable or, and so therefore you have access to HBO Go already, or if you have now, there is a, in my opinion there's already a lot of content available. There's pretty much the like almost the entire HBO history library, plus any mainstream movies that happen to be a part of the circulation in the library at the time. So it's not like you're wanting for a whole lot. And and you know, if they're opening up the, you know, Time Warner vaults, that's the big distinguishing factor. But right for you know, for me, it's not especially at that price point just to have convenient access to a bunch of older series and movies just like like to me it'd be more of like the idea of it is what people really gravitate toward rather than that's how they spend their lives and i think like going off of that for folks like me and josh the only draw to hbo max is going to be the content that they're locking us out of or we're being locked out of whether intentionally right. or not um by already having a subscription and not being able to access it through cable or hbo go so the new content they're making that they're not ensuring get to those services and the you know whatever vaults they open up like he said that doesn't get to those services um that honestly being that we're paying basically the same price point to HBO, it feels kind of like kicking the pants. Yeah. Uh, Andy, anything to add? Uh, sort of to Josh's point, um, that this service would be, uh, first and foremost, um, alluring to people who have zero HBO content currently. Yeah. I don't see anything with HBO Max that's incredibly different from what you can already get from HBO. So if you're not already an HBO subscriber, I don't see anything that's going to really sway you in the option of HBO Max. Well, well that's right. that's where Friends is going, Andy. Yes. Yeah. Oh. You're not going to be able to watch Friends on Netflix anymore, so you Good have Lord. to get it Maybe. on Max. <laughs> Uh, what will big, I do without the central perk? <laughs> What's well, like everybody lost their shit when it said Netflix. Like Netflix was gonna lose Friends. That was a big internet blow up. Like, oh my god, how could you take Friends off Netflix? Well, they want you to come to this service. Are you gonna pay for that other service? No, I don't want that. Then why the fuck did you make a big deal about Friends leaving Netflix? Yeah, <laughs> and maybe it's just me. I've watched and I, 
this isn't even to like take a shot at them. I actually really enjoy the show Friends. I I oh no, it's it. yeah. it's very very good. Yeah, you know, I I've enjoyed the hell out of it, and I've watched it in syndication a ton. I couldn't tell you one time that I've gone on Netflix and said, "Yes, let me just casually put on random Friends episodes to look through." Like it has not been this in during part of my life that like oh my god what am i going to do now that i don't have 24 7 you know first world problem access to a particular <laughs> tv show like move on with your life yeah I, I can say like personally like i i went through and watched it like start to finish mm-hmm. i'm sure people have and, done that and you know watching it as a linear story again awesome I don't need to do that again for like 10 years or more because right. it's, you know, I've done it. It's there. I don't need to see them again. Um, But like you said, seeing them on syndication where you, you catch a random episode here and there, that can still be fun. Sure. But, it's kind of part of my nightly rituals. Usually by the time I go to bed, they're on friends is on Nick at night. So that's, that's how I watch my friends. <laughs> and I that's what I think seeing shows that we watched is on, yeah. on Nick right at now. night now. Yeah. When fresh print hit, hit uh nick at night that was when i was like shit i'm old oh i think first prince is, is gonna be on that app too oh shit i think right. i heard that but that's the thing I, I i mike i think the what you just said is is really something that maybe people are missing and this is because at least from my observation this is how people especially of our generation are experiencing content again we especially from the stuff that was a, around and being produced while we were kids teenagers etc we caught it so much on syndication and that was fun and now if it's available through a particular access point like a netflix or an apple uh, or like an amazon whatever it is i i feel like that's what people have done they they saw it on tv so much that they're maybe doing a, a, a front to back run through the entire series and then they're okay walking away from it for years yeah. You know, it it doesn't it's not like you're you're always going to have 200 things that you always constantly have to have in rotation in your life and always have access to. Like you yeah. you you absorb it, you digest it in in one big take again and you're like, "All right, now I'm good." Now yeah, I can That was something I always something wanted new. to do with all this stuff that we have access to now was create like my own weekly schedule as as opposed to like binge watching things be like, "Okay, it's Thursday at 7. We watch Seinfeld." and <laughs> pop onto Hulu and throw on an episode of Seinfeld and just ha- like have a schedule that I made up just for the hell of it that that's what we watch. Mm-hmm. It never happened because it's so much easier just to binge watch things. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so with HBO Max, we're going to get some DC stuff. So they announced a few DC things that are coming to the service, which I'm guessing are going to be exclusive for HBO Max. Um Along with some of their new announcements, they did say that every Superman and Batman movie will be available on HBO Max within the first year. Uh, Doom Patrol, which is currently available on DC Universe, will get a second season on HBO Max and DC Universe. Um, Again, I haven't seen much that says what DC properties will specifically will be coming to HBO Max and when they'll be available, but I'm assuming they're going to start to transition over. So I guess we'll see where that goes. The um, One of the announcements that they did bring us for HBO Max, there's going to be an Elizabeth Banks-produced show called Superhero High School, which will be about the high school life of your favorite superheroes. 
and I don't think I just saw this. This was part of their announcement on Twitter, and maybe I'll ask you guys from the announcement. Uh, do you guys expect this to be animated or live action? Because it does not confirm either one from Twitter. <sighs> Could go either way. Yeah, I was. I, I assumed 50, animated, 50. but I don't know. What was that show that was on MTV in like 2001, 2002? And it was either about like Universal Monsters or some other. It wasn't comic books, but it was the same thing. It was like iconic characters from other forms about of like pop. The mo- Clone High? Is it Clone High? I, I, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, so I cannot contribute to that. Something, something like that where you took like. I'd have to find what it was, but let's just say it was like Universal Monsters, and it was an animated show, but it was like these characters are teenagers in a modern high school setting. Okay. And it was kind of like, I don't want to say off-brand humor, but it was uh, not just like sitcom-style humor. Um, But that's kind of what this feels like to me, like the premise of this. Like why else? Like, this is going to sound really dickish, but because I, I, I like Banksy a lot. But I don't know if I care. Oh, see, I figured you were in with <laughs> Banks being on on board. And maybe I'd have to see a little bit, but I don't. Yeah. And that's why, like, I've not been in the crowd. I've not been the target market for Krypton or Gotham or Pennyworth. Like, like that's all DC stuff. Like Marvel is. Well, there's a lot of Marvel stuff that I don't watch, like Runaways or Cloak and Dagger. Um, sometimes because they're on like individual subscription services and whatnot and channels and just so much content, but something about like, it's not about the idea of prequel stuff that doesn't interest me, but the, the, the context of where they're putting some of this stuff, like, I don't, I don't know if I give a shit about green lantern as a high school student. (laughs) I, I, I don't know. I I feel like this was like, there's a statement that goes around the internet where it's like, they had us in the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're reading a quote or or anything, and when they said Elizabeth Banks produced, and I'm like, yes, yes. Right, right. And then they said Superhero High, and I'm like, oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why is she doing that? Kind of like the Charlie's <laughs> Angels thing, like Elizabeth Banks produced Charlie's Angels. And directing, yeah. Yeah, that's... I, I feel like she has enough clout now that it's like, if she has an idea for something and presents it and pitches it, someone's going to be like, okay, yeah. Sure. So the fact that she is listed as front and center as producer, I'm assuming this is her idea, where she thought she could do something with this. I mean, I, mean, I it hope could so. turn out great. It just like the it's, new Charlie's I... Angels movies could really not be like the trailers and be great. And <laughs> it, it's something where I trust her to make content, but this content sounds like me. Like does it, is it like let's yeah with the Green Lantern example? Is it like Hal Jordan when he's 16? Or is it like Teen Titans, where like they are already who they are? They're already the Green the Green Lantern and Wonder Woman and Flash and whoever else they're going to pull in. And look at them. What if they were only all sixteen and seventeen and they're all in high school together? Like that is very unappealing to me. Yeah, we, we don't really have the details one way or the other. I guess we could just be point. very far outside the target demographic for that. That too, yeah. Like that, that's what and that, and that's fine. Like, yeah, maybe they're targeting it as like high school kids will want to watch this sure you and know, it, like, a, like that's Dawson's where they're going Creek that's great it never appealed to me even when i was a high school kid but right it appealed to some high school kids though you know i mean there was an audience for it there was people that wanted to watch it so they could be going that route i don't i don't know uh andy what do you got on this 
I was saying, I, I, I like Elizabeth Banks as well, uh, but this, I'm, I'm hesitant to believe that I'm going to like this. I'm not saying I'm not going to give it a try, but I, I'm, yeah, just sort of going to stand back and see what happens with that a little bit, I think. Yeah. But, you know, when it's out, I might watch an episode or two and then decide from there. I, I feel like it would appeal more to me if it was animated. If it was live action, I don't really think I'd give a shit. So, yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't uh, Smallville basically just Superman in high school? You know, honestly, that's a show I never actually got around to watch. So, Same. I, I remember it. I don't know if that was more the focus, just or other than just like early adventures of Superman, but I don't. I don't it it know. was a little of both of those things. What you said, like early adventures of Superman and Superman High School kind of thing. Yeah, okay. I mean, it was on for like a decade, so he could only stay in right. high school for so long. And, yeah, it started right. there. It, it didn't end there. It started there. The, the characters did progress through the years. I didn't like follow it religiously, but I watched enough of it. And I yeah. know that sh- that show has a lot of fans in it, to the point yeah. where people yeah. still think that Tom Welling should be, you know, like Superman. But um, if it's like that, I could see liking it because I mean that, from what I've seen, is a pretty decent show. Fair enough. So yeah. I actually kind of forgot that I I read in in some of this HBO Max stuff that uh, I just maybe happened to use the Green Lantern as the example or something. But isn't there a Green Lantern show that they announced. Yep, as part That's of this. the other thing. Yeah, so the next part of what I had, uh, DC TV guru Greg Berlanti, he's got two new shows coming to HBO Max: the Green Lantern one and something called Strange Adventures. Strange Adventures will explore close-ended morality tales about the intersecting lives of mortals and superhumans. Um, that now, sounds as far like as Marvel's what? Oh, if. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> it sounds like Marvel's what if. Oh, it could, yeah, a little bit. It could, it could go that route. Yeah, that's what I was um, thinking as you were saying it. Uh, I, and I was actually going to say, I, I didn't know the Berlanti part already. I was going to say if it is anything like the Berlanti verse, yeah, on CW and maybe with a better budget, um, something like yeah, Green Lantern that could finally be something really cool. Well, the other part of that is that, and depending on what you read on the internet, because this is another point I was going to bring up. As far as Green Lantern's concerned, Warner Brothers had announced that they are doing a Green Lantern Corpse movie. That's still in development. There been hasn't been an update of years. that. Well, yeah, it's it's changed over time. Of just Green Lantern, now a Green Lantern Corpse. Um, so we don't. There, there's no updates for that movie. There's no director. There's no cast. There's still a lot of unknowns. Uh, so I tried to Google Green Lantern Corpse. The first two results I got were. Uh, one said Green Lantern Corpse movie is still happening despite the TV show, and the second one said New Green Lantern TV show likely means the movie is dead. <laughs> so welcome to the internet, folks, because there's no way you can tell what the hell you're looking for. Now I checked both of these to see if any of them had like credible sources. The first article, I think I believe more than the second. So the first article was from We Got This Covered. Um, that author cited a source close to the movie studio, which apparently is the same source that said that had told them originally that the movie was being made in the first place. And then it officially was announced after that. So that seems credible. Meanwhile, screen rants article, which that website's gone to shit over the last five years, um, about the movie being dead basically ends with, although there hasn't been confirmation from Warner brothers on it, it's safe to say that the green lantern corpse movie isn't going to happen anymore. 
it's all speculation. And then they add right after that, at least not for the foreseeable future. So at least if they if the movie happens, they have a get out of jail free card that they said, well, you know, we left it open. Yeah, because the foreseeable reporting. future is totally a finite amount of time. Yeah. That, uh, I, that, is defined that website we used can... to be the place for me to go to get news information, and it's so fucking clickbaity and misleading headline bullshit. I fucking hate it. Um, rant aside, uh, what do you guys think of the, the Green Lantern TV show? And do you still think a movie's going to happen? I don't uh, think the movie happens, personally. Yeah, I'd put, I'd put money on the movie not happening anymore. I, I would have um, put money on the movie not happening even if this wasn't happening same okay uh but the tv show i mean if it's stuck to hbo max yeah it doesn't say anything about being on cw so this sounds like maybe a bigger budget which they would need i would think for a green lantern tv show yeah yeah you can't really do green lantern on low budget unless you want it to look really shitty yeah Yeah. i mean the cw shows do their best and some of the effects do actually look really good flash did some has some really good cg effects on some of their characters It, it it's still Green Lantern relies too much on it. Right, that's that's still space exploration and being universe hopping and stuff like that. Like and you need swinging the around giant green yeah. creations of his <laughs> right. everything his power is. Yeah. Yeah. Um it, like I'm I'm being completely honest, if they throw it onto standard HBO where I can watch it for what I already pay, I will see it. If it's on only HBO Max, I'm not going to make that extra payment. Yeah. So, it like, is it interesting enough that I would watch it? Yeah. Like, I, I, I like Hal Jordan. I like the Green Lantern. I would be all in on watching a new show and seeing if it's good or not. It's just the current business model of what they're putting out there doesn't really fit for me. Yeah. Uh, Andy, where do you fall? I would love to see a decent Green Lantern story be told. And I think HBO does a great job with, um, well, pretty much <laughs> all the content that they do. Um, so this, to me, is a win. Nice, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're currently killing it with Watchmen, which is... Uh, we still need first, to start first that. two episodes are fantastic, and that makes me more inclined to say, like, yes, definitely would watch Green Lantern when it yeah would turn Watchmen up. is is fantastic but it's so bizarre that I find myself like wanting to watch more just to figure out what the fuck is going on <laughs> <laughs> I mean and that's Watchmen though that I mean that was always Watchmen was very bizarre and it's I mean that's Alan Moore even No yeah I I I, I get that but it's just dystopian it's, yeah ideas so definitely if they're if it's available to me, I will watch it. And this is this is the one for me. I think where I I want to see what the creative does, the showrunner like Berlanti. I trust. I I would like to see anything so, that he's involved in. I am not familiar super with Berlanti. What what has he what does he do? What has he done? Basically, he helped create the CW DC universe. Like oh Arrow, okay, Flash, so like Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, Legends, okay. Batwoman. Yeah. He's he's got his yeah, hand in okay. all those. He's done other shows outside of those, like yeah. uh, Riverdale. Think, yeah, uh, I think he was tangentially because of that, maybe involved in the Sabrina show that went mm-hmm. to Netflix. I think even something like I can't remember if it was Blacklist or um, Blind Spot, but some of those ones for NBC too. All of those things that you just said have really big fan bases, so this is exciting. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, I mean, because he's had his hand, like he's the creative entity behind a lot of the CWDC shows. Like they've put little Easter eggs in there about Green Lantern and like mentioning Coast City, which I think Green Lantern's from. They used the, I think from what I read too, there was a, there was a moment in one of the shows where they use a Ferris Air uh, logo. And I think Berlanti had worked on the, on the, um, Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, so they repurposed that same Ferris Air logo that they used in the movie for the TV show. So there's there's all kinds of it. It almost feels like full circle for Blanty if he was on, involved in a shitty Green Lantern movie now to come back to the <laughs> character and be in charge of what it can do. Yeah, it's funny because he. I mean, I don't think he gets enough credit. I don't think he's as well known as he he should be. He really is like the Kevin Feige of the DC side, oh, yeah. especially on the on the television side. You know, where I think they were trying to position Zack Snyder years ago to act in that role, um, you know, for the, for, for the movies, per se, and, and it didn't really pan out. He and even is Jeff, really killing Jeff it. Jeff Johns, even, too. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, he's, he's really, I mean, he had, you know, he's had Arrow on the, on the air for seven and a half years, and mm-hmm. then he's brought, like, Flashes in season six now, I think, Supergirls in, like, four yeah. or five same with legends like he that's an accomplishment that's really difficult like I, people don't keep television on the air if people don't watch it right so he's kept things on and then he's all yeah he's he's uh also like directed and produced and r- written a bunch of other stuff that's not any of that while doing all of that right yeah super producer definitely um yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I don't know when I'd get HBO content or how if I'd even sign up for HBO Max because I'm not currently subscribed to any HBO stuff. But the Green Lantern thing definitely intrigues me, and I do want to see what that how that comes together, what that's like. A trailer might push me over the edge. We'll see. Um, if I get to the point where I'm cutting cable and just going solely on streaming services, if I have to narrow down to like two or three streaming services, if this if this is a way for me to get all of my DCCW stuff and then Green Lantern on top of that, this might be a way to go for me. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely gonna keep an eye on that. I don't know about the movie. I think, I guess it depends where they go. I don't see them overlapping characters. Like I don't see Hal Jordan appearing in both the TV show and the movie. So if they pick one or the other, I'd say TV show over the movie is probably the way they'd go. Um, but if they have enough Green Lanterns to throw around where Green Lantern Corps features other characters and the TV show features another Green Lantern, I could, I could see them being concurrent. Um, but DC's movie slate is so up in the air and and seems like flying by the seat of their pants i'd put more money on the tv show happening over the movie yeah agreed uh lastly his other the one andy referred to is the the dc what if uh does that show interest anybody does that sound intriguing absolutely it just it it intrigues me just as much as the marvel's what if okay what if is always fun yeah yeah so yeah one shot like hey what <laughs> what would happen if uh you know superman died died against doom doomsday and never came back or you know like what yeah. would ha- like just cool stuff like that or you know what would happen if batman's parents never did die you know just like neat stuff yeah um so that's pretty much all I got. I do want to actually spin back around because I, I put this on the back burner for us. So we'll see if we can talk about it quickly. But uh, Andy had mentioned the Snyder Cut for HBO Max. Um, is there anything else we want to add or talk about that real quick? 
I kind of agree with Josh. That might get a one-month subscription out of me just to pay to see that the one time. And then cancel, of course, if I don't like the other stuff. But I feel like it's hard to, to weed through all the internet bullshit. Like, how much does this thing actually exist is my biggest question. Yeah, that's a good question. Is this is this I don't... is this something everyone is screaming for that is in no way being going to be made or distributed? Probably. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever. I I I don't. I'm under the impression that a final product was never completed, was never actually gone all the way to the end. But yeah, I would absolutely love to see how far it got and what the material differences were. Yeah. Even if the movie stopped after like Act Two or in the middle of Act Three, I whatever I I would. I'm just I'm curious enough about how what his material was and and what the differences were that I would watch a movie that just blatantly stops. Yeah, at some point, I at this point like I I'm I'm more intrigued for the the story aspect of it, like how much would be used in the movie. So even just look reading the script of Snyder's yeah. cut would be enough for me. Yeah, I mean they did that. You know, well, it was like an internet leak, kind of, that, you know, a few years ago that uh, Joss Whedon's never made Wonder Woman script made, oh, right. made it online, yeah, yeah. you know? Something like that would be welcomed. Yeah. So someone um, at Warner Brothers, if you're listening, <laughs> if you happen to find the, the unused Snyder Cut script, we would greatly reward you. By re- rewarding you, we will give you absolutely nothing. <laughs> I will give you but, props. Uh, yeah. Many, many props. <laughs> you can go to the props store to cash in your props. We'll do a teleplay on the podcast if we get our hands on that. I, Dude, I've been trying to get one of those for that Wonder Woman script <laughs> underway for like two years. I have the whole thing like mapped out. I just don't have any of the technical know-how or uh, anybody who wants to do it. Like actually like be I voice actors and whatnot. I volunteered for that when you brought it up. I gotta find a way to like get that back and going. <laughs> I, I really do want to do that. That sounds really fun. Do you want to try to? Are you trying to do that as like a table read? Like we get everybody together and you would do that in person? Or yeah. Are you well, thinking some like we do like over Skype. It, it, either or, we could kind of do it this way. But you have to do it in pieces, probably because there's so many different characters that you kind of have to right. do it like scene by scene. You know, one at a time. But then it's all it's all the post production stuff that intimidates me. Not from the editing of the voices together per se, but like instead of just having it be this dry thing where you're just hearing people talk, like having background sound effects and putting things yeah, okay. in to like make it feel like a radio play, you know? Gotcha. That's the part that intimidates me because I don't have any experience in it. Um, but other than that, I'll like, volunteer I to absolutely... lend my voice as long as I don't have to do like actual voices and can just talk as myself. <laughs> I don't do I'll voices. Do, I'll do several <laughs> characters for you. I can I can manage that. Well, good. If anybody else, I don't think would, I, I think... can pull off a woman. I, I think my <laughs> voice is too deep for that, but I can. You know, I I can. Remember, I think I think a year or so ago when I when this came up, I think Paula uh, volunteered to be Wonder Woman, <laughs> which wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. It's either Paula yep. or Jen, I believe. Sign me up. So I would I will take that offer again. But yeah, we can do that, uh, and we can do the 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 Snyder script too. <laughs> yeah, add that to our list of shit to get through. Yeah, really. Um. All right, so I think that's it for this episode. Um. As always, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, search Bry Guy and Super Friends, or go to facebook.com dot com slash Bry Guy Super Friends. 
Uh, we are now available on Anchor Podcasts. You can look for us there. Uh, it should filter us to iTunes. Uh, we're now on Spotify too. Uh, Google Podcasts. There's a couple other links on there. Our Anchor page. Um, if you go to Facebook or Twitter, uh, you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff. We'll try to get back to you. Um, we are on Twitter at BG Super Friends, and you can try to email us, BryGuysSuperFriends at gmail.com. I currently did check it about a week ago. Still nothing. But if you want to send us something there, I'll find it two years from now. So it'd be like a fun little time capsule if you send us an email. Uh, on behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.